0: Hey Graphic Audio fans, this is Dwayne Beeman here with this week's pick of the week. My pick this week is the latest horror tale from Graphic Audio, Hunter Shay's The Jersey Devil. The setting of this scary tale goes back five years earlier as we are introduced to Jane Moreland, a woman whose abusive husband has just died from a drunken accident and she is frantically trying to get rid of the body. Unable to call the cops, all who were friends of her husband. Her only choice is to try and dispose of his body in the Pine Barrens section in New Jersey. Worrying about how she will be able to deal with the aftermath of her husband's death, she hears a blood-curdling screech rip through the barrens. Something is growling, stalking her in the darkness of night. Whatever it is, swoops down and carries her 200-pound husband off into the trees. Jane barely escapes with her life and realizes there's something horrible hiding in the barrens. We then move to the present day where we meet Sam Willen. Known to his family as Boompah, Sam is a robust 80 years old and tough as nails. Despite his age, he's an imposing figure and has the strength and stamina of a man half his age. He lost his wife tragically 10 years ago, and her death fueled his vendetta against the creature known as the Jersey Devil. Boompah has been chasing this elusive beast for years. But he knows that with every passing year, his time is running out. The savage monster has plagued the Willett family for three generations, though it has kept a low profile for decades. However, there has been a massive increase in sightings and disappearances that caused the family to get excited. After years of training and an all-out consuming desire for revenge, the Willett family teams up with cryptozoologist Norm Cranston and march into the desolate Pine Barrens arm to the teeth in search of the monster that defies the laws of nature but they get the shock of their lives when they slowly begin to discover that the devil is not by himself this time will sam and the family be successful in taking out this ghastly beast of a thing and its horde of mutant monstrosities without losing their own lives you're going to have to get the book to find out man oh man Hunter Shea really knows how to scare the crap out of people. This story is based on the legend of this mutated creature that used to roam the Pine Barrens back in the 19th century. Shea takes this legend and makes this a horrific but entertaining story. Ken Action Jackson, who is no stranger in directing great horror stories and graphic audio, is up to the task here, along with the superb sound design of McCubbin Owens. McCubbin does an excellent job in creating this monster. So much so that I get chills talking about it. This production is supported with great performances from David Jordan, Chris Ginnaba, Tia Shearer, Robbie Gay, Thomas Keegan, Nana Invarson, Todd Schofield, and Yasmin Twazan among others. A word of warning, this story is violent, gory, and entertaining. I can't think of a better way to enjoy the holiday season than to get a copy of the Jersey Devil. It's that awesome. Let's listen to a clip of Graphic Audio's production of Hunter
1: Shays, The Jersey Devil. I hate this. His mouth was full of sunflower seeds. He spit gobs of shells out the van's window.
2: I really do. We don't know what the fuck's back there. For all we know, that shit's in the air giving us cancer or shrinking our dicks.
1: John shook his head, keeping his eyes on the road. They'd been surrounded by pine trees for miles now, without another car in sight. It was like driving in a nightmare. You kept going and going, never getting anywhere, never seeing anything but the same unbroken scenery, mile after mile. How about this? You measure your dick now, and you measure it again when we get back. Then you'll know if it shrunk. Michael held up a finger. One,
2: I don't have a tape measure Pooh. there's no need to be an asshole. You mean to tell me you like cotton around barrels of chemicals, not knowing what they're made of?
1: There's worse ways to earn a buck. Look, quit crying. We've done this like half a dozen times already. Do you have cancer? No. I rest my
2: case. That doesn't mean it's not growing inside us. Getting even stronger now because we're locked in this van with the stuff.
1: (laughs) You're getting soft, Mikey.
2: Maybe you need to stop eating seeds like a bird and try a steak every once in a while. Wait until you're married and your wife gets these crazy ideas in her head. You'll be vegetarian, too. I don't think so. Yeah, well, we'll see. What do you say we go to Morton's for lunch? My treat. No can do. When you stop eating meat, you get, like, this super sensitivity. You can smell it on someone from a block away. If I have a steak for lunch, Gloria will know the second I walk in the door. You're out of your mind. I'm not fucking kidding you. Last week, I ate one of those sausage biscuits at McDonald's for breakfast. I didn't get home until midnight, and Gloria could still smell it. She stopped me before I could even kiss her alone. Next thing I know, I'm on the damn couch.
1: The turnoff wasn't far. John kept his eyes peeled for the marker, a red bandana nailed to a tree on the right side of the road. (laughs) Ha ha ha, single man. I can't wait till Julie gets her
2: hooks into you. You talk a big game now. Yeah, that's not gonna happen, cause that ring finger of Julie's gonna remain the way it is. Ringless. I guess I gotta thank saps like you for saving me from myself. <laughs> it's good to know I'm providing a service. <laughs> Look, there it is.
1: John had to squint to spot the smear of red. Michael always had incredible eyesight. Must be getting even better with all those carrots he's been eating. He turned the van off the unpaved road. It barely fit within the narrow clearing. That was the point. No one was supposed to know about this spot. The terrain was treacherous. He wished they could have used a four x four, but the van was the only thing that fit the containers. Home sweet home. He pulled up to the second marker, a tattered blue bandana tied around the branch of a dying bush. The circular clearing was a shade over 40 feet in diameter. The first time they'd come here, Michael had commented how it looked like a landing site for a UFO that had punched down through the trees. John agreed that it looked pretty unnatural. He'd heard that a whole town used to be out here, built around some kind of factory hundreds of years ago. John got out, admiring the new Venuccio Brothers logo on the side of the van. The boss had hired a legitimate designer to come up with it. The sweeping letters reminded him of old-time Little League lettering they used to have on their jerseys. After donning latex gloves, they put masks over their mouths and noses. The four black steel containers looked heavy. They knew from experience that whatever was inside was remarkably light. They made sure not to drop the barrel on the ground. They'd been told time and time again to be very careful. Michael was so paranoid, he treated those things like they were newborn babies. They shuffled in tandem to the clearing.
2: Does the lead seem kind of... Loose to you? No. If it was, I'd let you carry it yourself. (laughs) You're really pushing it today.
1: They lugged it to the spot where they estimated the last batch had gone under, near the upper right edge of the circle. As they got closer, Michael pulled up.
2: Holy shit, Johnny, what the hell?
1: Three months earlier, they had buried six barrels of the waste material only Venuccio Brothers' carting would carry out of the lab in Elizabeth. They both knew whatever was in the barrels was illegal. If it was on the up and up, it wouldn't be in their van. They'd never been told how toxic the materials were, but it didn't take a genius to figure out it was probably some pretty bad stuff. John's heart pumped faster when he saw that one of the barrels had been dug up. It was still nestled in the tight hole they placed it in, but all of the dirt had been removed from the top. Worst of all, the lid had been pried open.
2: Jesus, you smell anything weird? Nah, all I smell is trees. I'm not going near that, man. All right, all right. Don't get yourself in a panic.
1: We'll just bury it on the other side of the clearing. We haven't planted anything there yet.
2: But what about the other one? If we leave it like that and someone finds it, we're we're screwed. uh, Look, uh, we'll just throw the dirt back on. And breathe in whatever's in there? No way. Then I'll do it.
1: In fact... That was the last thing John wanted to do, but he knew there was no way Michael was going to take one step closer.
2: Yeah, we'll have to tell the boss someone's been snooping around.
1: Jeez, I hope it wasn't some dumb kids. What if they get sick? <clears throat> John went back to get the shovel. Look! Is that a boot? John peered at the other side of the exposed hole. There was a brown cowboy boot in the brush.
2: <laughs> Looks like some hick ran out of his shoes. I don't see the other one, though.
1: He found the lid and prepared to flip it with the end of the shovel on top of the barrel. He looked at the black sludge inside before resealing the barrel. It looked like used motor oil. A tank of oil like that would weigh a ton. John wanted the barrel out of sight in a hurry. If there were toxic fumes rising from it, the less he breathed, the better. It took less than a minute to cover it all up
2: see, that wasn't so hard, was it?
1: When he turned around, Michael was gone.
2: Hey, no fist breaks until we get these new ones planted. You hear me?
1: He stopped, listening for the sound of his partner's heavy stream or the crunch of leaves.
2: Mikey? Hey, quit playing around. Let's get this shit done. Mikey?
1: John drew his gun from the holster he kept at his back. If that's
0: you, Mikey, you're gonna get shot.
1: It couldn't be him. Michael knew better. It felt like the back of his shoulder had been shattered. His right arm had gone numb, right down to the tips of his calloused fingers.
2: You son of a bitch! He looked up. No way! No way! No! No!
1: The Pine Barons claimed the Honda and the Venuccio Brothers' van as its own, shrouding them from prying eyes. Over time, they rusted. The tires went flat, rubber and seals dried and cracked, until they looked older than the barons itself. The earth started the slow process of dragging them to its depths, while plant life grew up and over them, twisting tendrils with lush leaves, sealing the car and van in nature's grip. They would never be seen by human eyes again.
0: If you enjoyed the clip of Hunter Shays The Jersey Devil, you can purchase this title right here on our website, www.graphicaudio.net. The book is available in audio CD format, and in all of our download formats mp3 m4b and flac plus you can listen to your downloads anytime anywhere with our free graphic audio access app available for apple and android devices be back soon as i'll have another pick of the week for you until then peace